0: I Like, I've seen the photos and I've seen the videos when it snows and you get the lake effect and it's just getting buried. What is it like, though, on the and ground? You just
1: don't leave your house. You just don't leave your house is what you do. You just stay inside. You dig out a little area for your dogs to go outside. And that's <laughs> about it.
0: And that's really what you do. This is the ZabeCast. From the mean streets of McLean, Virginia, to the Harvard of the West, UC Santa Barbara. You got 30 minutes for some honest conversation about sports, life, and more? Well, good. Buckle up and let's go! Here we go! Tuesday, Jan 16, 2024. Let's get right to it. Oh my God. Look at what the Packers did the Dallas Cowboys in your life as Vern Lundquist would say did you expect to see a 48 to 32 beatdown? 48 to 32 and it wasn't even that close even though Matt LaFleur had to bring back in the starters after he pulled them with about five minutes to go because whoops all of a sudden it's a two-score game the Packers leave the Cowboys in shambles they leave Mike McCarthy's future in doubt and they head to San Francisco where they are an even bigger underdog as a nine and a half point underdog. And after winning one bet with hatch on golf balls, I'm going to have to have several more bets with my Niner friends, including my own distant cousin, not distant cousin, but my own cousin, Tommy Lynette, who's a faithful listener to the podcast. Tommy it's on. Tommy is a very, I don't know if accomplished is a word, but he's a kick-ass chef who runs several restaurants. He's a restaurateur slash chef um, in the Tahoe area now. He's been various places before, but uh, love my cuz. Tommy, it's on. You know, he knows from my text to him, I have said, you know, I should hate the Niners more. I really should. Going back to my days as a Redskin fan, the Niners were El Guapo. They were the big baddie out West. With Rice and Young and Montana and Taylor and Craig and Ronnie Lott. And all these assholes that would beat you. Hated the Niners. Should hate them more. Dion joined them. Hated them. But, there's a couple things going on right now. Number one is... When they wear their reds, their red jerseys with the simple numbers and the deep gold pants and the gold helmet, it is spectacular. And as somebody who is an aesthetic that likes the look of things that look clean to my eye and beautiful, it's hard not to be in love with that combo. They do go to that occasional white pant, stupid block letter jersey, which sucks. But you put it, you put them in those jerseys and that combo, it's unbelievable. That's number one. Number two is they're players. I like their fucking players. Absent this week when they take on the Packers, obviously. I love McCaffrey. I love the fact that he is the son of an NFL player. I love the fact that he is the only white tailback in the NFL right now, and just an absolute game wrecker. Bosa terrifies me. Game wrecker. Uh You've got Debo, who is terrifying game wrecker. It's got great players left and right, and Brock Purdy is a great story. Somehow, every NFL team, all thirty-two, including the Niners, who ended up taking him eventually, all thirty-two teams fucked up six times in a row or seven times, unless you, you know, if you leave the Niners out of it. The seventh time around, the Niners didn't fuck up, and they took them, which is hilarious to me because he once again proves these guys don't know what it takes to play quarterback on Sundays. They think they do. They put a lot of money and effort into it and a lot of lip service. It's a complete mystery. But fuck the Niners this week. I'm going to get some bets out there. Crazy Jay, you're another one. Longtime listener to the podcast. Big Niner fan. We've got to get some bets going on here. And, yeah, I'm going to ask for the points, of course. I just think I'm stupid. Think I'm going to make a straight up bet with a nearly double digit underdog. At some point, one would think the horseshoe would fall out of Jordan Love's ass. Because he had a nearly perfect passer rating. In fact, he did when he left the game. Came back in and ended up knocking it a few clicks off of what would have been a perfect passer rating. It was almost identical stats except for two passes, I believe, off from what C.J. Stroud did on Saturday. Stroud has been a bit more buzzy as a phenomenon this year because he's a true rookie, and he was successful earlier than Love, but this late run by Jordan Love is unreal. 21 touchdowns over one pick, and they're outrageous throws. The sidearm to Dobbs on 4th and 4, up 42-17, was outrageous. It was, or forty one seventeen, not 42. It was the classic gunslinger, shoot from the hip, bang, dead. And he's not the only guy that can make that throw in the NFL. Many guys can. Most NFL guys can. But it is incredible to watch. So what's going on? When is the horseshoe going to fall out? Do the Niners uh, have a plan for him? Oh, I'm sure they probably do. I'm going to talk to Hatch here in a second about the plan the Cowboys did not have for him and the Packer wide receivers. But I want to just zoom out for one big question about Jordan Love. And that is, this is interesting. settings. I'm going to talk about setting, settings fatigue later on. Oh, I've okay. So I, I'm doing a podcast now, and I've got my phone set to do not disturb. You would think that means... Don't disturb me. Don't ring the phone. And the phone rang from my faithful producer, Josh Albrecht. (sighs) Settings. Why did that not set the way it should have? Okay. So, on Jordan Love, he looks so good right now. And it's not just the numbers, it's the eye test, it's the athleticism it is the awareness i think one play summed it up perfectly in terms of how good he is critical third down play driving towards uh, the cowboys end zone this was after they got pushed back i believe on a penalty no 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 it was a different drive this is the touchdown to wicks on the post cowboys are going to are going to heat him up dan quinn's going to heat him up with a zero blitz Love is under center. He starts checking out of things. He starts calling audibles. Check out of this. Check out of that. Clock is winding down. It's now red. It's lit up red. Five seconds or less in the play clock. Oh, it's red. Look out. And he starts doing the, like the hurry up clap. Get the ball off just in time. Doesn't panic. Full blitz is coming. Here comes the giant wave. And he does that, you know, back pedal. Back Foot throw with plenty of oomph and plenty of accuracy and hits a striding wicks perfectly in stride touchdown. The whole combination of the awareness, knowing things to check out of this, do this, slide this protection over, okay, to not panic before the play clock runs out, the athleticism to be able to, you know, be in full retreat like that and still get enough oomph on the ball with accuracy to hit his guy, it's the whole package. He's really, really good right now. So the question I want to know is, how did the Packers know? Did Goody and company have x-ray vision to see a thousand feet underneath pure rock in the Utah State Mountains to find this gem? I mean, this is not a kid who went to Alabama, Michigan, Ohio State. Utah State. I've been to Utah State, oh, by the way, just up the road from Weber State in the great beehive state of Utah. Played at Utah State. They took him not quite as a project, but he was not an instant franchise guy. Late first round, they had to move up to get him. They sensed some people were closing in on him. But did the Packers just have x-ray vision to go, this guy's got the DNA? He's got athleticism that doesn't necessarily pop off the book, pop off the screen at you, but he's got this humble, hardworking, highly intelligent DNA that's gonna make him great. Let's grab him. Let's grab him and stash him. Is it more that, or, or is Jordan Love now the best argument for marinating your late first round, early second round quarterback picks? In a ziploc bag with your favorite marinade for one, two, three years, even before playing them. Or, can I add another or does that marinating approach not work if you don't have a franchise Hall of Fame QB like Aaron Rodgers in front of him? Even though these Hall of Fame guys don't necessarily consider it their job or spend much time investing in, oh, I gotta give Jordan extra reps this week. I gotta, I gotta tutor him more. This is the legacy. I'm gonna make sure he's ready to take over. These these players don't give a shit about that. They try to be cordial and friendly and professional and root for their understudy, but, you know, they're not there to develop them. I think most teams can't afford to take a quarterback late first, early second. Put him in a Ziploc bag with some teriyaki sauce, sit in the fridge for two, three years and go, Ah, he ain't ready yet, but he will be soon. While you're getting kicked in the teeth going three and 14, four and 12, four and 15. No, goddamn these new, you used to be able to rattle off your record so easily when there were 16 games. I'm not sure what it is. But it's fun to watch, that's for sure. And sports is really fun when your team is winning. And it's really fun to see other cities like Detroit when they finally get to celebrate something. And I want to play two bites here from Dan Campbell. This would be Dan Campbell on the day he was hired and then Dan Campbell after the game last night. Dan Campbell... We all famously made fun of his biting off kneecaps comments uh, when he was first hired. Here he is talking about this was him on his first day. It looked a lot, looked a lot younger then. I mean, we all did because it was let's see what two thousand and one? No, uh, f- five years, something like that. Here we go. All right, and so this team's going to be built on. Uh, we're going to kick you in the teeth.
2: All right, and when you punch us back, we're going to smile at you. And when you knock us down, we're going to get up. And on the way up, we're going to bite a kneecap off. All right, and we're going to stand up. And then it's going to take two more shots to knock us down. All right, and on the way up, we're going to take your other kneecap, and we're going to get up. And then it's going to take three shots to get us down. And when we do, we're going to take another hunk out of you. Before, before long, we're going to be the last one standing.
0: Okay, so there's that on Campbell. This was him after the game, giving out game balls. And he gave one to his general manager. Take a listen.
2: Back here at home, guys. Yeah! We play next Sunday back here at home, guys. Yeah!
0: You're welcome, say the Packers.
2: Right, we got the winner of Tampa and Philly, which is tomorrow. We'll be here at 3 o'clock back at Ford Field because you got you earned it. Dude, how electric was it out there? I'm telling you what, it doesn't get any better. It's everything you dream of and then more. All right, That's outstanding work. I got two game balls. All right, number one, listen, when you when you come in three years ago like me and this guy did and you had a vision and you start working together and you've got an idea how you want to build it and the type of players you're looking for and how you want to go top to bottom, offense, defense, special teams, and you're in lockstep, you're in lockstep, I'm telling you guys, it's a shitty business, it ain't always perfect. But we- but we do a pretty good job, <laughs> But without this guy right here, man, Brad Holmes.
0: Brad Holmes, their
2: GM. I absolutely love every single person in this room, man. We were intentional on being about grit. All right, and earning it. I love everybody in here, man. We went through darkness and it shaped us. All right, it shaped us for this moment. I love y'all, man. Thank you so much. Thank appreciate you so much. appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Okay, I'll I just say it like this all right? hey, you're good enough for f- Detroit, Jay. love and appreciate you guys
3: more than you know i promise you that i love you guys so much this is just the beginning boys this is
2: just the beginning we got three more of these next week at home at our place against
0: whoever the wants to come in here let's go
2: there
0: you go jared goff what a line you're good enough for detroit jared that's epic stuff right there in fact some would say it's like a movie if you were to Script it that way. But we all know the NFL is not scripted. Campbell got the job, according to a story in The Athletic, by talking about how he really wanted Detroit, that he felt like this was a town similar to what he grew up in Texas. Just blue-collar, hard-working, family-oriented, been hit hard by changing economics and obviously the auto industry not being what it once was. That could have been a good sales job for Dan Campbell to get the gig. But I'm going to tend to believe that he believed it. And I do love these locker room rah-rahs. These used to be kind of few and far between. Now teams with their social media accounts know this stuff is gold. And I love it because it brings us into that very private, sacred space where men can tell other men, grown-ass hard as rock, violent men on that football field. They can tell each other, I love you, man. And that's a safe space for us men to express it. When we come back, we'll talk to my guy Hatch on what did the Cowboys in, in Dallas against the Packers. You are listening to the Zabecast. If 2024 is the year you're jetting off to a new country or even just want to expand your language skills beyond English, then I urge you to check out Rosetta Stone today. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program for over 30 years why because it works instead of drilling vocabulary words with rosetta stone you learn by matching audio from native speakers to visuals reading stories participating in dialogues and other practical language skills that fast track your ability to communicate fluently not only is it a more effective way to learn it's more fun rosetta stone's advanced voice recognition technology gives you feedback on how well you pronounce words Other language learning apps use speech recognition to detect what you said. Rosetta Stone tells you how well you said it. Rosetta Stone offers 25 languages with lessons available on your computer, phone, or tablet. And with a lifetime membership, you get forever access to all the lessons for all the languages and never pay a renewal fee. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, ZabeCast listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com today. You know, we're driven by the search for better. All right. I cannot wait to get into my man Hatcher's bag of Pro V1s. A (laughs) bag of them for a dozen clean ones. Hatcher, oh oh my God, what a disaster.
3: Total. Total disaster. Unprepared. Outcoached. Never made any adjustments at halftime. And just choke from the coaching all the way down to the players i mean who joe brady the defensive coordinator for green bay was inches from being fired joe everyone barry was asking for him yes. joe barry joe yes.
0: barry right
3: everyone was asking for him to be fired but yet he figured out a way to <laughs> double team softly double team cd lamb to take him away from bug-eyed Dak prescott <laughs> And he
0: didn't know what to do. It was bad. He, I could tell early on. I was like, okay, McCarthy looks tight. Dak looks nervous. This is not looking good. And then after the Jair pick, that's when I said to some guys, "Disaster mode activated." I didn't predict it would be. It's just the <laughs> the switch to turn on the potential disaster machine was now on. You know what I mean? How
3: how do you go from 8-0 averaging 30-plus points a game at home to basically not scoring but seven points at halftime, throwing interceptions, looking lost, yeah, and play calling was horrendous?
0: It was bad. I think I've identified the point that truly broke The Cowboys in this game, the one sequence, uh, it was a play and a decision. And you tell me if you agree with it or not. Ready? Yep. Third and five down 14, nothing at the plus 35. Dak runs a sort of option boot, has one defender Savage closing on him and either thinks that he is Lamar Jackson for a moment and has more time Or just underestimate Savage's closing speed and get sacked for a loss of seven, which is the last thing you want. And so I'm thinking, all right, that sucked, but you got a guy with a boomstick for a leg who's kicked 60 yarders that hit the net. You got one from 59. You need anything right now. You need life right now. Send them out there and let them make it from 59. McCarthy did against the Eagles in one of the biggest games of the year. And I'm like, why are you punting? And they decided to punt. And so, and then on that play, as you saw, Hatch, CeeDee Lamb got shoved after the whistle by Jair and mm-hmm. just let it go. I'm like, man, don't let them punk you like that. Get into a scrap, get your bench fired up. Get some people over. Hell, even if you get a 15-yard penalty, doesn't matter. Your your Bob's big boy coach is punting anyway, so who cares? That trifecta of things. Dak either being completely unaware of down and distance and losing his right. sense of the game or overrating his own athletic skills combined with McCarthy being a pussy and by CeeDee Lamb, who's a star on the team, showing no dog in him, that was it.
3: Well, I agree with most of it and the fact that for some odd reason anytime there is a playoff game, Dak Prescott forgets <laughs> to play. Forgets how to play. Right. I mean, how would you not? You're running, throw the ball out of bounds. Right. Why would you lose the, and I and I remember that play cuz I was like screaming like, "Come on, man. You got to be better than that. You should." It's like his his mind and 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 the reason why i call him bug-eyed is if you pay attention anytime he's under pressure or he's not playing well look at his eyes they're bug-eyed
0: <laughs> they get wide
3: bug-eyed tight he starts double clutching the ball <laughs> afraid to throw it cuz he's afraid he's going to throw an interception <laughs> and you do what you do to Dak Prescott is Dallas likes to throw the ball down the field down the hashes so when you play cover two or cloud defense against Dallas, for some odd reason, Dak Prescott doesn't want to take the underneath the underneath passes. Yeah, He, he wants to force it, or he wants to double-clutch it and continue to look downfield.
0: Right. He's, so, you know, he's really good and, and, up until January, and yep. he's really good in low-leverage spots, but the steeper the mountain gets... The worse he is. And that's he's, that's a problem that many teams are facing, Hatch. The we got a guy well, who's good, but we know he's not good enough.
3: That's Josh Allen, does the same thing.
0: So what do you do? What do you do then if you're the Cowboys? They were talking about a well, massive extension re- for Dak.
3: Well, you have to, because how <laughs> because how are you gonna find somebody that's better?
0: It's gonna be he, hard.
3: He needs to figure out how to work through. Those demons.
0: <laughs> right. Right. He probably That's the thing. He's, Yeah.
3: he's Danny White, Tony Romo, oh, Dak Prescott. All oh the same. Oh
0: my God. The coach, though, I think is cooked. Would you agree? Well, he
3: should be. He should be. And, and he all should those, be. Yes. All, all those, all those, all those people out there that were saying, well, Dan Quinn is a hot coaching commodity for a head. No, he's not. Not anymore. Not Not after after that.
0: No, not after that. You made no
3: adjustments. And everyone knows you're running between the tackles on Dallas because they got midget linebackers. They have safeties playing (laughs) (laughs) linebackers. And they made no adjustment. You have to take Parsons away from rushing the passer, and you have to put him at middle linebacker like they did a few times. Right. You have to put him back there and sacrifice the pass rusher, blitz him from there. But he needs to be back there. Dallas needs some Beef, at middle linebacker, you got thirty three and fourteen trying to play linebacker. I would have ran right at him too, Yeah. right in between the tackles. That's what everybody does. They're light in the butt.
0: Yeah, and Jones is really good, and he killed him right. again. And the he's Packers, a cowboy killer. He is Aaron a cowboy Jones killer. Is. Yes, he has nine touchdowns in four games. Has never lost in Dallas. Uh, grew up a right. cowboy. How- grew, up, grew up a cowboy fan in El Paso. Hatch.
3: Right. As and you never should lost be. The Cow- Green Bay has never lost an ATT stadium.
0: <laughs> I know. They have more That's postseason. They have more postseason wins at ATT than the Cowboys do who live there. <laughs> two regular season two two playoff wins and a Super Bowl win at Jerry World, which is tough. Right. So the shots of Jera during the game oh, were something like else, weren't they? Oh,
3: I loved it. He looked like he was gonna have a heart attack. <laughs> His son wasn't even looking up. His son was looking at his phone or whatever he was doing. <laughs> but but Jerry was smacking the paper on the counter and turning around. What's going on? <laughs> Man.
0: He's 82. What's going on you got
3: a terrible coach. Your right. team is unprepared. Obviously, and from an offensive standpoint for Green Bay, obviously they figured out Dallas is undisciplined. So if we run a little play action, we run a little bootleg, reverse reverse bootleg, they're going to fall for it. Three times. How in an NFL game does three times I don't know someone is wide open down the field. <laughs> wide open. Terrible. And it wasn't a trick play. They just ran a boot yeah. and threw it back across the field.
0: Yeah, that, that is totally being unprepared. I just think right. that you know Parcells was the one coach with an edge that you guys had that got the most out of the team. You know, aside from Jimmy, obviously. When the team
3: wasn't that good. Yeah, they weren't the, that good. They weren't as good back then as they are
0: now. No, they've got more talent now, but at least Parcells knew how to get that team vibrating with an edge, with an attitude, kind of like Jimmy did back in the day. Did you see Jimmy right. at halftime on Fox?
3: I just heard him say that Dallas is
0: playing terrible. Oh, he they, they said, Jimmy, if you were still coaching, what would you tell him? And his... His eyes got real narrow, and his corners of his mouth started foaming. It was great.
3: <laughs> what did he say? I missed that I, part. I here, I'll play, I'll play. I it. up walking around doing
0: something. <laughs> here, let, me, let me play it for you. I'm going to find it here. Okay. Jimmy Johnson, halftime. Uh, it was good. It, like You could tell he was actually pissed here. Let's see. Here's 42 seconds. You ready? All right. Turn up your speakers. Yep. Here we go.
2: Well, first of all, I, I can't say what I would say now on television but I'll just say this every did
0: you hear that yeah <laughs> single I can't one of you. I
2: you know how hard we've worked I don't need to have people pointing the fingers one thing or another you get your rear end in there and you play the way you know how to play we can That's win right. the game we're gonna open it up we're gonna go fast tempo defense get after Jordan Love you can't give him that much time you do what yep. you're supposed to do we'll win this game <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's Michael.
3: Jerry Jimmy Johnson's ready to get back in the locker room and start coaching.
2: <laughs> oh, God. And,
3: and Michael Irvin, oh my God. I heard he was sweating and cursed. The bad thing is, is Stephen A. Smith. I don't even know if he got started yet.
0: Oh yes, he has. Uh let uh, me give you let me give you Michael Irvin. M- Michael Irvin. Okay. He he was yeah. He was distraught on what looked like the balcony of his hotel room. (laughs) Uh, Just completely, you know, and it's hard to hear because he didn't invest much in mic quality, but uh, he talks about how he respected what the Cowboys had done before he got there. You know, the old-school championship Cowboys and and those who came before him. And he took that with great pride. Here you go. go. Every
2: damn where, all across... This country, all across the league, they stood up to defend their city and defend their team, except in the city that deserved it the most. Except the team that's most recognizable and deserved it the most. What do you do? When all you have don't understand what they have. When I got here, I understood the men before me. They built the Dallas Cowboys. They made this America's team. They put a championship on the table before I got here. My job, while I was here, is to match what they have done to this. They built it. They handed it to me. Put my damn championship on the table. That's all we ask. Put your damn championship on the table, and you're gun-
0: do it! All
2: their asses gotta go. <laughs>
0: and that has gotta go. All their asses gotta go. Gotta go, right. <laughs> oh man, he's fired up. Well, you know, it you you grew up a cowboy fan on the mean streets of Chantilly, Virginia. Right? Correct. Yep. And it's because you're my age and the history of the Redskins in town. Very racially unfavorable, so it's only logical that you are a Cowboy fan. And the Cowboys were great when we are teenagers, so it makes perfect sense. Do you ever yourself, Hatch, get weary of being a Cowboy fan, or do you take it in stride?
3: I take it in stride now, because what's more personal to me, and I tell people this who try to make fun of me, I'm like, I really don't care. <laughs> I'm a Cowboy fan. What's personal to me is my Bearcats. And why? Because I played for them. Right. So, so I get more. I'm like Michael Irvin when it comes to the Bearcats.
0: Oh, you are okay.
3: Yeah, I'm like Michael Irvin when it comes to the Bearcats. I will go ballistic and and, and because I'm vested in that.
0: Right. Right. I think they're at of-
3: I didn't play. I didn't make the NFL. I tried and make it. So Cowboys, to me, I'm honest as it can be about them. Yeah. I tell people about their position and where they are and. And do I root for him? Yeah, of course I root for him, but it's not that important to me.
0: I think that comes from your athlete perspective because you did play high level college football, played for a bit in the CFL, that it gives you that perspective to go, Okay, I'm a fan and you know as much about the team as anybody I know. And you do root for him. You want him to win. But at the end of the day, you're not going to get worked up for it. Because you once played. You know, you're you're a former player, so you, you're not going to invest your whole life in being a fan. But watching some of the fan reactions is unbelievable. Right. Because that's their whole life. They didn't play. Yep. This is their only yep. way to pretend like, hey, I was, you know, I was, I'm helping the team somehow. You're not helping nothing. You're drunk on the couch is what you're doing right now. You smashed Screaming, your, you smashed your flat screen TV. That's all you did right there. You didn't right. call the team. At all. They're,
3: now, they're the Cowboys aren't paying you, but I get it. I get it. I get people get excited. I mean, that's what makes football great. Right. And you know, people feel vested with their teams, and I get that.
0: Yeah, it's it's something else. Did you get to watch much of the Detroit game? last night?
3: Oh, I watched it. Oh, God. It was a great game. I thought it was going to be 50 to, I thought the score was going to be 50 to 52, because nobody was stopping anybody.
0: Right. It was a great game, and it sounded different than almost any other NFL game coming through the TV speakers that I've heard in a long time, because, you know, 30 years will do that to you, right? As a city? Oh, yeah. 30 years and all that misery will do that, so they were, you know, the crowd was completely on edge, and I think Michael Irvin's point was the players and Campbell himself felt like we cannot fucking lose this game. Not for this city that has waited 30 years for us to not totally suck. Right. Right. And he feels like there's an entitlement Irvin does with the current crop of Cowboys that are like, yeah, yeah. Troy and Jimmy won some way back. And before that Landry and Staubach, but whatever. That's what I think frustrates him.
3: Right, and I think that – and I'm sure he sees the same thing that I see. I think Dallas reads their clippings like, oh, everyone picked Dallas to beat Green Bay. Oh, it's Green Bay. It's a wild card. We're the divisional champs. We're playing at home. We haven't lost. And then they go into games thinking they're just going to – the other team's going to roll over and they're yeah. just going to win. Yeah. That's the way they – no kind of fired up, no, nothing, nothing. Right. It's just like they get in there and feel like you said entitled. Like, oh yeah, we're going to win this game because we're supposed to. Yeah. Like, Um, no, it doesn't work like that.
0: No. Uh, As far as Stephen A. goes, I generally I don't, you know, he doesn't do anything for me. But there's one angle, there's one bit that he has been very shrewd to seize upon, and that is to be the number one cowboy troll on media. And I'll got to admit, he plays it pretty well. So you asked, was he, yeah, he added? He does. It was makes he, me laugh. I love it. Was he added today? Of course he was. And they added. Have you heard the Stephen A. remix about disaster waiting to happen? That song. No. Oh, here you go. Uh,
2: <laughs> So
0: he once said they're an accident waiting to happen, and he pulled that bite, and this DJ, uh, DJ... Steve Moore or something like that he created uh-huh. a really cool song using that clip and then you lay that with the video clips so of the Cowboys fucking up and then there's Stephen A yeah, wearing his it. black cowboy hat and dancing yep. and laughing
3: laughing <laughs> <laughs> it's and a, you know what the funny thing is what's so great about him is he deflects he's a Steeler fan so nobody he no he never gets any heat about the Steelers yes. because it gets deflected by him making fun of the Cowboys so much.
0: Right, exactly. He, in, and I remember at one point he was sort of leaning into the whole Steeler thing, and you're like, oh, okay, that's his team there. But then he kind of dropped it. I haven't heard much about it. I don't really hear him say, man, Tomlin and the boys, they got a chance here. I think they can upset the bit. Like, you don't hear any of that. He's realized no. the Cowboys are my bread and butter. Stick exactly. with trolling them. And as long as they keep losing in horrible fashion – I'm going to be in good shape.
3: Oh yeah, he'll be in great shape.
0: Yeah. All right, did you uh did you see the oh well, you did uh, the low hit by Kerwin Joseph on oh, Tyler yeah. Higbee. Similar hit to the one that blew out TJ Hawkinson's knee and this one likely is going to be a knee injury uh surgery coming up in the offseason for Higbee. Your thoughts, not only as a guy who played but as a receiver, whether this was a quote dirty hit unquote
3: no it wasn't a dirty hit because that's what the nfl created you can't hit the guy high anymore you can't hit the guy in the chest anymore you're going to get a 15-yard penalty your only option is to try to tackle the guy from the waist down and if someone's moving you can't form tackle a guy that's moving and juking form tackle put your shoulder into his belly button how are you going to do that when someone's moving but is like there, the way that he's moving. So you have to go low and take him out.
0: But is there no honor among thieves? Is there no code amongst players to go, I could do this legally, but I'm not going to because it's there that was dangerous. Nothing else
3: there. That was the only way he was going to be able to bring him down. And that's why they're Ooh. tackling like that. Unless he just launches into his chest.
0: Well, yeah, know- they did
3: it. And did you hear the did you hear the commentators? They were like, We took a survey of players and we asked them which hit would they rather take out? Would they rather take out the hit to the head or would they rather take out the hit to the knees? And they said like 90% said the hit to the knees.
0: <laughs> right. Because as athletes, you're only thinking about the here and now, your knees are your money. And right. if that goes, then you're out of the league, and no more money for you. I think athletes at that age think, well, my head could be a little bit fuzzy in 50 years. So fuck right. it. I'm,
3: yeah. 20 year olds don't think that long term.
0: No. No, exactly not. Um, it just it seems like there would be a lot more hits like that. You don't see a lot of hits like that. Maybe it was just how perfectly it was timed. Maybe it was made spectacular by the fact that Higby landed on his fucking head as right. it got blown up like that. I don't know. The Lions defended it, and of course they're gonna defend it, it's their guy. It just seems like if that's now fair game, more DBs are gonna do that. And there's going to be they more wrecked knees. Been.
3: They already have been.
0: Okay. Well, I mean, the
3: only thing I could tell a receiver is it, or, a running, or a running back or whomever is to jump.
0: You know, I, get off your
3: feet. Right. Because if you get off your feet, they're not planted.
0: And then you've so, got a chance. Yeah.
3: And then you've got a chance to save your legs. You know, right. if you see them coming, you know what a guy, if you're 250 and the guy's 190, 200, I mean, that's why you see a lot of these guys now try to – hurdle these guys because they know they're going low. I mean, look at all the hurling that's going on now. That ain't going right. 10 years ago, nobody was doing
2: that. No, Billy right.
3: Sims did it like one time in like 1980. Right. And everyone thought, oh my God. Right. You know, but I would leave my feet.
0: The greatest hurdle ever was when Antonio Brown on a punt return hurdled a guy and the punter, poor bastard, was the last guy in on the tackle and he brought his foot down right on the punter's chest.
2: There's photos
0: of it. Do you remember remember that? Yeah, I remember that. (laughs) I was like, that is the most (laughs) disrespectful thing ever, man. But hey, (laughs) oh well. So one more thing about the Detroit game. Um, Stafford got destroyed and no flag. Two late hits and oh, he got stepped on and he was briefly concussed. Of course, he made sure he passed the concussion test so he could get back in the game. But compared to what they called on, you know, uh, Mahomes on Saturday night, come on, NFL. Where's the consistency?
3: Well, it's the same thing Lamar Jackson's been complaining about. I don't think it was a late hit, and I don't think the guy stepped on him on purpose. I, I watched really? it a few times. I, yeah, I don't think the guy – the guy was trying to get over him, um, and he ended up stepping on his chest. But I will give it to Stafford. That's a tough guy, man, because oh. he laid there. He was like, oh, and I know those hurt. Those hit chest hits to the chest coming yep. straight on by a 300-pounder, oh. that hurts.
0: Absolutely. And he got
3: his butt and got right back in there and kept on playing. That's that's old school right there.
0: No, nah, he's a he's a Texas tough son of a bitch, that guy. Do you ever yeah, see the you ever is. see the NFL mic'd up on his separated shoulder when he was in Detroit, Stafford? No, I didn't. Oh. See I'm gonna send it to you and when you're not driving, although you're you're driving your Tesla, right? So you could put it in autopilot? No,
3: I'm in Florida.
0: I'm in the Oh, of- You're driving your golf cart from Sarasota to Orlando. It's a long drive. Orlando,
3: right. I did speed <laughs> it up. It goes over thirty now.
0: You do not want to be taking that that far. Um, there is a mic up of Stafford when he separated his shoulder and then stayed in the game for one more play to throw a two-point conversion to win the game, and he's literally crying in pain. That's how tough he is.
3: Right. That's all. Like I said, that's old school right there.
0: Let's see. Injury NFL Films. How's the weather down there, by the way?
3: Terrible. Rainy. <laughs> it's 70-something, 70
0: 73, but it's just. All right, here you go. Here's a quick snippet. You're about to see the most dramatic, and you're going to see it unedited. One scene that runs four minutes and 17 seconds. The longest shot in the history of NFL films. Wow, look. Look
2: 20. Eight seconds remaining. Here look we down. go. Stafford takes the snap, sets in the pocket, rolls left. This is going to be it. He's got to get rid of it. Stafford sets, looks now running back to his right. Stafford looking for somewhere to go. Sets and throws. Oh! oh.
0: oh. oh. Just got destroyed.
3: Right.
0: Here, listen. And Matthew Stafford is down on the field and is not getting up. Is that
3: what he's
0: thinking? Yeah, he's like, get the fuck off me. Right. It's his non-throwing shoulder. And he is just... Here you go. Uh, Hold on a second. So they scored a touchdown. There's eight seconds left. He has to stay in for the two-point conversion. Stafford is going to have to come out of the game. Uh, He's got it. It's a shoulder problem.
2: Dante Culpepper will come in for one snap. Culpepper. The Lions will have one oh, I remember all Dante play. no time remaining on the clock because of the pass interference in the end zone. It will be one play from the one. That's talk to me, buddy. Yeah. There you go. Take your breath. Oh, Coleman. Dante Culpepper oh. in the game at quarterback. Oh, Matthew Stafford off the field injured. Everybody standing here at Ford Field.
0: He's like, oh, shoulder. Up. Did Culpepper come Ugh. in, or how did that work? I got to scrub through oh. it here. I'll send it to you. You'll, uh, you'll all appreciate right. it. Uh, let's yeah, see. And guy. then, and then I thought it was totally. It should have been a PI on the Puka Nakua play because he got jersey tugged and hip spun at the point of his break, and he had beaten his man. He was torching, torching Detroit all night. And the ball yes, still went on his fingertips. Works, I would call that all the time, Hatch. Just me, right? Was it a PI in your mind as a uh, wide receiver? I don't.
3: I'd have to see it again. I don't really remember okay. that. Okay.
0: All right. Well, that the, dude is so
3: tough. I mean, sometimes oh. that, well, the way he plays is is a negative because the refs are going to be like, well, he's physical, and they're going, we're going to let them be physical with him too a little bit. So, oh yeah, we're not going to call. We're not going to call it as, as tight. Against
0: he, him. He's physical but as he, fuck for a tall, skinny kid. And Tariqo, during the broadcast, six. said that, well, they asked him about it, and his answer was, well, I was like the seventh of seven kids, and we used to play like gang pile on the bed, and they would yep. put me on the bottom. and I'd have to fight, <laughs> fight my way my out, out of the bottom.
3: Right. I heard that. Yeah. And he, uh, I mean, he's tough. I mean, 6'2", he 217, he dips his shoulder. He runs like a running back. Yeah, he's a. Uh, I mean, he's. You
0: he's don't see too many Samoan
3: wide receivers. I remember when I was in junior college, there was one that was pretty good, and I remember that because I was like, "Man, I have never seen a, a Samoan receiver." His name—I'll never forget his name. His name was Junior Tagaloa, and he was—he was good in junior college, and he went on to play at Cal.
0: Junior but, tag of Tagaloa, not Junior, ta- not Tonga. Yeah. Uh, hold on a no. second.
3: This guy's name was Junior Tagaloa, if I, Mosi if I remember Tatupu,
0: There's another one for you. You know, NFL Films sent a crew out to Western Samoa to interview a bunch of families about why football. And it's a great piece about the right. whole Samoan football connection. Yep. Good stuff.
3: Are they, are they per capita? I think they have the most players that make it to the NFL.
0: Uh, probably so. Probably so.
3: Them, them and I think the state of Mississippi.
0: Okay. I got good yeah. news and bad news for you, Hatch, on the golf ball what's bet. The okay, good what's new, that? The good news is our friend Buddy Christensen, who's probably listening to the podcast as we speak, uh, who owned and founded Golfdom. He sold it, but he still works there. Um, oh,
3: my man. Yeah, I, you Buddy. I,
0: yeah. yeah. So I, I saw Buddy the other day, and he heard about our bet. And he uh, said, you know what? Here. Here's two dozen balls, a dozen tailor-made fives, TP5s, if Hatcher wins, and a dozen Pro V1s, if you win. They've got the Golfdom logo on it, but, you know, they're brand new in the box. I go, that is really generous. Thank you, buddy. That's great. So the good news is you don't have to pay me the dozen, because Buddy did, and you get a dozen as well as a consolation prize for your stupid cowboys sucking again. Now... (laughs) That's the good so news. So, how do we promote Golfdom? <laughs> we just did. We're giving them a shout out. Go to Golfdom Golf in Tyson's Corner and in uh, right. Annapolis and in Rockville. No, the uh, the downside is this: I am pretty sure I left both boxes in the store on a shelf as I went to the restroom before leaving. <laughs> no!
3: Are you getting dementia? Are you getting dementia? Yes, You're yes. only
0: fifty five years old. Y- 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 yes, I am getting it one tiny bit at a day. One day at a time, <laughs> hatch, one day at a time. This, <laughs> All right, buddy. Safe <laughs> travels, we'll talk to you soon. All right, thank you. Alright, see you, bud. Have there you go. Alright, there you go. A sensible cowboy fan. They do exist, people. They do exist. And Hatch is certainly one of them. Just because the NFL season is now firmly in the rearview mirror does not mean the betting season is over. Oh, no, 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 no. I had a chance to talk to a colleague who's from Buffalo, now does Packer halftime and postgame updates. And I called her because I saw how the snow removal was going. And to quote a great line, how's it going? Not great, Bob. But they got the field cleared. They're going to play the game today. I'm recording this just before the game kicks off. And I had to talk to uh, my colleague, Shanna Quinn. At uh, iHeart Milwaukee, she works for FM 106. She is the uh, program director there as well as afternoon host. And she is a lifelong, diehard Buffalo Bills fan. I was surprised to find out when I did a quick Google search of songs about Buffalo... That this big and rich classic made it with a shout-out to Chippewa Street. And our next guest knows all about that. Shanna Quinn, who does halftimes, post-games on the Packer Radio Network, music director at FM 106 in Milwaukee, and lifelong break-her-heart Buffalo Bills fan from Buffalo, is joining us now. You been to Chippewa Street?
1: Oh, I sure have. You know, it's funny. Well, first of all, program director. about Program director. I, I said
0: music director. My uh, bad.
1: Yes. Yes. I have been. I was elevated to program director about three years ago now. But um, I guess it's funny. When I first worked in radio, I had to work bartending and DJing at bars on said Chippewa Street to be able to afford working in radio.
0: <laughs> Is this <laughs> to be able to afford to work more I mean, in radio? Listen yeah, to that, I mean, kids. I would think it's 7
1: 15 an hour, you know? You got to do what you got to do. So I worked at numerous bars on Chippewa Street, so is, I am very familiar with okay.
0: it. Okay, what is there a Buffalo song anthem out there that I'm missing? A song yes. that is oh. pure Buffalo.
1: Yes. yes, 100%. There's the Shout song. So it's your typical Shout song, which is just remixed with the Bills. It's ah. like, the Bills make me want to shout, kick my heels up and ah. shout. They play it. Yeah, they play it every time the Bills score. Even if it's a field goal, they're like, yup, don't care, we're going to play the shout song
0: as loud as we can. All right, so I had to call you because you know this game is supposed to go off on a Monday afternoon, and I'm getting TikTok videos and updates via social media of the clear-out of Highmark Stadium, and it is not going well right now. I can't believe they're going to play this game, but I guess the league – is hell bent on getting it in, whether the fans have to sit on piles of snow or what? Are you following this, Shanna?
1: Oh, 100%. I know that the governor, when they originally postponed it, she said, that's it. We are that. That's when we're going to play it. And I saw Thurman Thomas uh, retweet someone who is there cleaning out the stadium. And they said that they were told to basically just clear out walkways <laughs> and to leave the seats the way they are. Now, in my mind, I'm like, well, how do you get to set seats? when even the walkways in between the seats are covered in snow. It's
0: oh, just insane. It's going to be crazy. I thought they'd have an army of loyal Bill fans that show up and say, we're going to get this done. This is the Buffalo Way. And the video I saw, of like they got six people to show up. So maybe everyone's so buried and so exhausted, they're like, I'd love to. But ah, my back kind of hurts right now.
1: Exactly. I mean, that's kind of where they're at. I've been texting with my mom. She lives in um, her and my dad. They live in Lancaster, New York, and they're getting hit pretty good. Um, you know, she sent me pictures of their cars just completely covered. She says she thinks they got like a foot and a half when they're reporting that it's over two feet there in Lancaster, which is about 20 minutes from the stadium. But a lot of people, yeah, there. I mean, there's the travel bans that have been going on. So people weren't even allowed to drive. I don't know if they were marked as you know emergency vehicles I'm pretty sure they weren't so I think that that's also part of it I think I saw like 71 people showed up to shovel 71 have a lot Yeah, lot yeah but that's that's all I can think of though is that maybe people just weren't allowed to drive or I know a friend of mine lives in the Orchard Park area I saw him posting on Facebook I just shoveled for 10 hours at my own house
0: right that's the you thing, know? these these poor Bill fans, they may want to go, they may say, I'm ready to help out the cause, but I just spent all day shoveling <laughs> out my own house. I mean, 100%. It's, it's brutal. All right, first of all, were you born in Buffalo? Yes, okay. born and raised. And you lived there until what age? Uh, 25. Okay. I was in Buffalo once as a kid, uh, I don't remember, it. I was like 10, and it was in the summer family in schenectady new york so i'm a little bit familiar with upstate new york i've never been to buffalo in the winter i can't yeah, schenectady even am-
1: Schenectady albany schenectady i used to live right oh, really? next to schenectady okay yes. yeah schenectady albany. More albany
0: yeah okay right okay so it would just kind of more central right not so much northwest uh
1: albany is like it's about like two hours from like new yeah. york city yeah, about okay. that way it's about five hours from buffalo four and a
0: half i, I can't imagine the, the snowfall in Buffalo. I like I've seen the photos and I've seen the videos when it snows and you get the lake effect mm-hmm. and it's just getting buried. What is it like though? On the uh, ground. You just
1: don't leave your house. You just don't leave your house is what you do. You just stay inside. You dig out a little area for your dogs to go outside. And that's <laughs> about it. That's really what you do. And it's funny because I was texting again with my mom and she's like, it's really not a big deal. I don't know why they're making such a big deal out of it. I mean, if we have to stay inside for like two to three days, it's not a big deal. I'm like, mom, it's not a big deal for you and people in Buffalo, but outside of that, it is a big deal to not be able to leave your home for three days. You know, like we make fun of the people who go crazy at the grocery store and that's the thing. People go nuts at Wegmans. I don't know. Do you have Wegmans? Yes. Yeah. The best. Um, so, you know, you go to Wegmans you get all your stuff and then you hunker down. I mean, that's why people go a little bit crazy It's because well, you can't leave your house for days. On end, so it's it's rough. I mean, I remember getting workouts just trying to dig, walking through the snow. You're like, oh my god, my legs are exhausted just walking through it. Now I have to shovel this. Right, it's just such heavy snow there because of that lake effect. Here in Milwaukee, I mean, it gets cold. Green Bay, it gets cold. Like the the cold is bitter, but the snow is nothing like you get in Western New York. Yeah,
0: Buffalo is the sister city and of sorts to Green Bay in that it's the NFL city that probably shouldn't be right? In terms of size 100%. and everything else, hundred percent. Okay. And yet the love for the Buffalo bills is equal to that of the love for the Packers in the upper yeah. Midwest, the city. I mean, this is the city. What is the city known for now? Economically, it's had better times, but mm-hmm. it's still, it's still a place people want to be. What do they do in Buffalo? Shanna, what do they do for work? No, I mean, just in general, what's their industry? What oh. What keeps people there? Like what are the oh, big companies? Uh, I mean, what are the big companies in Buffalo that keeps it a thing?
1: God, I wish I could give you something in particular, but there's really, I mean, there's General Motors. That's pretty big out there. Um, that's my favorite thing when you're downtown in um, Buffalo is that you smell Cheerios because those <laughs> are produced there. Oh, it's really? Beautiful.
0: Okay. Yeah. All right.
1: Yes smell general mills is is in buffalo Um, okay got it you know honestly i think the thing that keeps people in buffalo it's certainly not the weather um i really do think it is the people there they're just so great they're so kind it's a city you know um it's the queen city it's the neighbor you know city of good neighbors all that um and i mean the sports teams the food it's really big actually they have the biggest shocker here the biggest chicken wing festival ever there um sure you know, they have that in September. I just think it's a you know, it sounds super lame, but it's like a it's like a way of life there in Buffalo. It's kinda like Green Bay. You're in this bubble and you don't wanna leave because you just love everything about it so much, like the camaraderie there with the sports teams and you know, everything. Last year, there was like, you know, or two years ago, maybe now, like the shooting at like tops, the way that people came together there for that, you know, it's just, it's, it's, we were just watching TV watching, you know, of course the Packer highlights and watch everything on the bills. And they were talking about, and they said, Buffalo people are just built different. And I think that that truly is how they are through and through.
0: Why'd you leave career opportunity?
1: Yes, exactly. Yep. I, I worked part time at a radio station that, you know, full time jobs just were not becoming available and left to go to Albany, New York to get a full time job and then came out to Milwaukee for a, a bigger market.
0: If you got the same job, same position, same salary back in Buffalo, would you be gone tomorrow? Be honest. I would know would I love, leave Milwaukee to I'd go back? No. Yeah, you wouldn't no. because Milwaukee is your new home. Correct. Yeah, as Milwaukee much as you love Buffalo.
1: Yeah. Oh, I love Buffalo. I love going to visit. It's it's so much fun. Like, I get all the feels when I go, and I love it there, and people there are incredible, and I have so many great friends, and my family is there, but, your yeah, I know Milwaukee.
0: Your mom's still yeah, there, my, so you go back to visit. My parents so you get are. A, you yeah, get a, okay, your parents are. So you get a dose of Buffalo, which is perfect.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Milwaukee is very much like Buffalo.
0: It is. Um, And
1: so is Green Bay. Like, they're both, yeah, like, my fiance and I, we went to visit Buffalo for the first time when we landed. He was like, this looks like Green Bay. Going downtown, he's like, this looks like Milwaukee. I'm like, yeah, they're very, very similar, you know, culturally. And, you know, people are always talking about, like, the German population here and all that. I'm like, yep, that's how Buffalo is. And it's just very much, they're very, very similar for sure.
0: I got people that live in all kinds of cities where I say, Shanna, I'm like, I could never live there, but my God, my friend so and so, he loves it there. And that's mm-hmm. just that's just the beauty of when you're comfortable in a place for the people, etc., just the whole vibe, you'll put up with stuff like two feet of snow. That buries you in your house for days on end. Because when I see these videos, I think to myself, how come everyone there is not like, you know what, fuck, we can live anywhere. Let's leave. They don't because they put up with it because there's so many other benefits. And this football team is clearly that connective tissue for the city. And I am very much rooting for your boys because i think you know a buffalo green bay super bowl would blow my mind right
1: you know that's what i've been asking for literally since i moved here i'm (laughs) like give me a bills Packers super bowl that is the battle of the blue collar like let's go you have two of the smallest markets in the league with two of the best fan bases in the league With amazing, I mean, you have the the youngest team in the league with the Packers, and then you have the Bills that are finally a good team. You know, we haven't had a good team since the early 90s. Like, this is incredible. It would be such an amazing matchup, and I think America wants it. It
0: would be good. I'm speaking
1: for America on it.
0: Right. And even though you finally get the money uh, for the new stadium up there, which is needed, the decision was made. We're not putting a roof on it because that's not who we are. And this week, people are roasting the pills going, why didn't you build it with a roof? Well, you know, this is kind
1: of my thing is yeah, Miller Park is my favorite stadium. I love Miller Park so much. I should say baseball stadium, excuse me. Um, and I love, you know, the retractable roof. That was kind of my argument. I'm like, at least put a retractable roof on. My fiance is probably listening upstairs like very mad about this because he does not agree with me. Right. Put a retractable roof on there so at least like right now today you can have that, you know, have it so it's it's covering up for the snow. And then open that bad boy up during the game and take advantage of a snow game, Right. But the problem is, it's not even digging out the stadium like we talked about earlier. It's, it's the, the travel ban. It's clearing out. Yeah, I mean, you you've been to Rambo plenty of times. Um, the Bill Stadium is very similar. That you are smack dab in a neighborhood, and the new stadium is going to be right across the street, still in that neighborhood. Like my aunt and uncle park cars on their lawn to make extra money during the football season because they live right there that's what people do similar to lambo yeah. so it's not even just the stadium and I, I agree with you like why wouldn't we do that but it's all about just getting around physically being able to get your vehicle into a parking lot you know
0: <laughs> yeah it's unbelievable all right here you go i got your uh, i got your buffalo bills shout song is this it right there here? There it is. I hear her. Yep, I hear her. Hey now. All right, let's hope the game goes off. Let's hope the Bills win. And uh, Shannon? Thank you. Great to talk to you, girl. Thank you.
1: Yes, thank right. you. Go,
0: Bills. See you. Come on, come on. Come on and shout. Yeah. I'd never heard this song before. There are a lot of cities in America that I look at and I go, no offense, but uh, no fucking way. Could not live there. Warm cities, cold cities, big cities, small cities. Everyone's got to find their spot that they're comfortable with. Let's
2: go Buffalo. Let's go Buffalo. The bills make me want to
0: Let's end on this. I've talked about settings fatigue in my daily life, as a man who is immersed in electronics and immersed in digital technology. As a radio host, podcaster, as a amateur video maker, uh, believe me, I'm neck deep in settings and stuff and everything else. And yet I am approaching the point of absolute, Mental meltdown status with settings fatigue. Two things today that really set me off. Number one was weekly conference call with the powers that be, hosts, producers, program director at 97.3 The Game. And it it's done through Microsoft Teams. It's not done through Zoom. It's not done through Skype all of which are slightly different. It's not a FaceTime call. It's not a conference call call. It is a Microsoft Teams call. Many of you are acutely aware of how this works. So it's another platform. I rarely use it. It's linked to the company email system, which I also very rarely look at. And they, of course, have threatened me, like, everyone's gotta be on this. You, 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 need, to be able to, you need to be able to reach on the company email. I'm like, yeah, no problem. And then I just ignore it. Uh, And I never really really miss anything that important. Now, granted, they've learned that the way to reach me is on my personal email, zabe at yahoo.com. And you can, of course, reach out to me there anytime. Anyway, so you have to use Microsoft Teams. I hate Microsoft products. They suck. They are poorly thought out, poorly implemented, glitchy as fuck. That's just been my experience. Maybe there's some good Microsoft products or platforms out there. But I think in general as opposed to Apple or other third parties that know how to make things simple. That's another key. You cannot simplify things enough. If the engineers and the software people say, yeah, but if we just put this, this, and this in, it'll add functionality in case you want to add a back channel for perhaps uh, an additional data transfer. That's when you just, you go right up to the stupid nerd and you put your finger up if you're senior management and you go, shh, shh, shh. shh. And you press your finger into their stupid nerd lips. And then you get them to quiet down and you say, no, we're not including all those features. We're going to include the, the bare minimum of features to make it work. And we're going to create big, well-designed, artistic-looking buttons. Not a bunch of engineer bullshit that looks terrible. I'm a big fan of a good aesthetic look. Because it helps calm the animal instincts when you're like, okay, how does this work and everything else? So I'm on this team's call. And of course, can't get my mic to work. I'm not a moron. Oh, you don't know how to unmute your mic, huh? What are you, an 80-year-old grandma? No. Oh, no, no. I have dealt with many, 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 many little nuances and settings in various programs. I went and checked all the usual things. Hmm. What's my Apple Mac saying as terms of audio? Let's go to the audio in, out. Okay, now that seems fine. All right. I'm clicking on every button on Microsoft Teams. I, I can't see it. I, I, I'm checking the audio. It says it's there. Why is it not on? I'm clicking this. I'm clicking that. There's the little hamburger bar up in the corner right. And I'm like, it could be under that. Could be a dropdown. Could be a settings. Nothing. More and more frustrated to the point where I just hung up, got out of the call, picked up my phone, called you know my program director. I said, here, I'm on the phone. Let's talk about whatever we need to talk about in our weekly meeting, which I'm a believer in, touching base every week. I believe it's a very valuable thing, but we're here for a good time, not a long time. And we shouldn't be here for a complicated time either. You don't really need to see everybody. You just need to listen, go around the horn. Okay. What do you got? Uh, Thursday, I'm out. We got a substitute producer. Make sure we have this guy lined up as a guest. Okay, great. Boom. What do you got? Oh, we got a remote on Tuesday next week. We're going to be downtown. Here's what you need to know. Here's where to park. I'll have your passes. Boom. Done. Round the horn a couple times. A nice good joke and done. Too much technology. Now, for the real pain in my ass. Apparently, one, two contacts of mine. Poor John Ronas and poor Scott Shirey, although it may actually be John Ronas and now Josh Albrecht who are entangled, but it's John Ronas every time. John Ronus's contact is somehow coming up as another person's name when I'm using iMessage on my computer. Now, I use iMessage to knock out texts on my computer all the time. It's very efficient. I like the tempo of texting versus email. I used to be a big voicemail guy like we need to keep voicemail going. Voicemail's good. It allows for inflection and tone and elaborating. And people would look at me like I was crazy saying, you nobody got time for voicemail?" And I came to see the light on that and agreed. I go,, eh, it's too clunky. So email became the thing. Now email is too, clunky, it's not as present. It doesn't occupy your frontal, it's not in front of your face like texting is. So a lot of times in work business or whatever, I like to text and I like to text from a computer because then I can really bang it out. I'm not, you know, sitting there with my thumbs and backpack, my fat thumbs that can't type. On my phone, this is not a problem. John Rhodus does not get mixed up or conflated or commingled with other contacts. On my computer, though, he does. Good luck to me finding out why. Good fucking luck. Oh, I've done a few cursory searches on the Apple forums and the help pages. And isn't it wonderful when you go to research a problem like, why is this happening? You find the exact thing that's happening. And so there's a moment of hope. Oh, great. Someone else has the exact same problem. Here it is. Under the official Apple forum, they'll tell you what's going on. You click on it, and then your heart sinks. You know why your heart sinks? Because it says the date. And it will be five years ago. And you just know there have been many updates since then. So whatever information they're giving you is completely irrelevant at this point. Also, I'm convinced there are people on these help boards that purposely for the sake of trolling and aggravation suggest an exotic cure for your digital ills that has nothing to do with the actual fix and will instead just send you the user off on a time-consuming goose chase? Well, have you considered going in and uh, identifying the kernel that's a PRK file that's uh, under here, needs to uh, go through admin, make sure to put in your password, uh, do a quick search for those, remove them, and then reinstall them, download them from the site. And I'm thinking, are people just fucking with people going, ah, this would be great. Let's tell them to do this. Or the just, well, have you turned, Have you thought about turning it off and turning it on again, dumbest fix ever, although it does fix a lot of things. Ronas, to his credit, has said, look, I'll just ignore these texts because I don't want to send you on a goose chase. It's not a big deal to me. I'll just ignore them when I see them. And I'm like, no, nah, I don't want you to be getting texts you shouldn't be getting. And what's even crazier is I swear last night, swear to God, I was staring at my screen. I saw Ronus's name on the text that I was sending on my computer I looked down, I looked back up, and it had changed to the other guy, like almost in front of my eyes. Who, who knows what is causing this? It, it is unacceptable, though. And yet, this is the digital age we live in. I know. You're screaming at me right now. Well, then don't do this. Slow down. Be more focused. Stop trying to conquer the world stop bombarding people with text messages from your computer get off of apple products they're shit i know someone's going to say that use secure this that or the other I, i'm i'm right here i'm at i'm at wits end wits end uh, how many hour project do you think it'll be for me to fix this glitch and to find out what it is my estimate is no less than a 3 hour project what's going on why how If you know, let me know. But I'm sure it's buried under a complete maze of settings. And I have settings fatigue. You have fatigue of just listening to me, but I've had people say, you know, Zabe, I would listen to you read the phone book. I enjoy your style. I like you alone as much as you with guests. So with that said, eh, maybe you were listening this whole time. Thank you for being a part of today's AbeCast as a listener, downloader. As always, rate and review. Tickle the algorithmic overlords. Tell a friend or two. Subscribe to Fridays if you want to be part of the true 1%. Have a great Tuesday, everybody. And we will see you next time.